Welcome to Capital Sports. I'm Alan Moore. Uh, this is Capital Sports 2.0. We're doing um, slightly innovative. We started last night and we got the trial run out of the way and things were okay. So uh, we're going to start by welcoming everybody in from around the world. First, all the way to two men. Andrew Flint, how are you doing? Well, I'm not doing too badly. Um, good to be connected with you guys, even if we're not connected to the people closest to us around. But uh, so far, so um, Go to... Uh, Double N, double N. You were just a kind of a, a shape on the computer. All's good with you? Yeah, uh, unfortunately, due to the connection, I have to connect to you guys like this, but I'm happy to be here. Alex B has left the building. I can see a basketball. I think that's a, it's a, it's a cell photo. Alex, how are you doing? Oh, it's, it's been, it's been strange couple of, couple of weeks, that's for sure. Well, listen, you're, you should be glad you're not here in Moscow because we're closed down now till the end of April. So are we, so are we. It's been closed for quite some time now. Alrighty, and of course we're going over to Holland to say hello to, to James Rowe. James, how are you doing? I'm keeping well, thank you, Alan. Hope everybody is too. Okay, folks, um, what are we going to talk about, Steve? Well, very, very simple. Uh, there's a lot of questions being asked about footballers uh, and athletes in general who are still getting salaries uh, and what they're going to do with that. So that the discussion began in earnest today in England um, and of course, it's here in Russia as well. And a lot of clubs, of course, are suffering badly. Um, and as uh, Alex B covered a few weeks ago in North America, for example, in the NBA, players are actually giving their salaries or parts of their salaries to support staff and people who work in different arenas. We're going to come on to that in just a moment. Wimbledon cancelled for this year. Bad thing, good thing. Well, we'll see what's going to happen um, because, of course, tennis players have to build up for it. And uh, it's just not going to work for them. The Belgian League cancelled. We're going to talk about that in just a couple of minutes. So to see, is that the way that a lot of leagues are going to go? Of course, there's a slight difference with them, a little bit of a nuance. We'll come back to that. The Tajikistan Super Cup final, or Super Cup, Double uh, N is going to cover that quite soon. Um, and the league solution, and basically what's going to happen, and sort of an alternative, what could happen with uh, leagues. I'm going to start off straight away with uh, Andrew Flint, who took on that project. Um, Andrew, what's your proposal for how we can solve the league solution, especially in Russia? Yeah, we, we broached the subject briefly yesterday. I think the, I think the best solution that I've come up with in the last 24 hours involves, you know, there's got to be a concertina effect of fixtures to fit them in. Um, whatever happens. And my proposal would include having modelling on the, the Super League, Rugby League in the UK, where they have a super weekend, a magic weekend, where all the teams play in one stadium over a couple of days. I would make it into a week or even two weeks. Two weeks may be a bit too much. But I would suggest don't rush the start of the season. You know, say we're already, you know, Russian Premier League yesterday was suspended until the end um, of May. So at the absolute earliest, we're starting in June. Realistically, we're likely to see probably another suspension because we just simply can't predict. I would suggest we get to August and we have, uh, we've got plenty of time to prepare for this. So players can train accordingly. Have a, a week where you get three rounds of games in, in Sochi. And perhaps if it works out best, keep it down south. Uh, Moscow is far, as you will know, of course, far more heavily affected. And it's a much bigger place with people coming and going. So it's a bigger risk. Have all the teams in Sochi, three games over a week. 
give them a break um, and then do another three games um, a week later. And then suddenly within two weeks, two and a half weeks, you've got six fixtures covered. Start with a burst in the summer um, and then have some midweek games filtered in every two or three weeks, cancel the inter- international breaks in September and October. Um, and the qualifiers that we need for international games can be done at a later stage. And then suddenly, before you know it, you've caught up. I honestly think it's that simple. Listen, I, that, that does make sense. Um, and especially if, for example, as we, we do in Ireland, uh, for games where you might have two or three games on the one day. Now, they're all you know, big events. Um, there could be two mm. semifinals on the one day or two quarterfinals on the one day in GAA. In Malta, they do the same thing. They would have two games in the main stadium on one day. And they would divide out then the receipts, kind of, you know, just four teams, they divide out by 20% mm-hmm. of the piece. I'm going, to, like, I'm, going, I'm going to go straight away to Alex. Uh, Alex, in terms of like the NBA season right now, we will come back to this fully in a moment. What would be the best result for getting all the games out of the way? Will they play them off like a um, sort of a, a, a March Madness kind of style? Or what's, what's going to happen, do you reckon? Uh, well, in the... NHL, there's already players advocating for having all the teams in the playoffs. So I think that could be a great uh, way to substitute the season in the NBA as well. If they would have every single team in the playoffs except for just half. Well, I mean, sorry, not instead instead of just half, just have everybody in there. So it'd be like a kind of a, a cup knockout kind of thing. Right, right. Sort of like one of these tournaments, right? But with everybody this time, it's going to be the first time ever they would do this. So it'd be pretty fun. Andrew, what about that? Like, kind of, like you, you have it like mm-hmm. break it off uh, into top and bottom, and then play off yeah. you know, in that kind of knockout system. I mean, they do that actually. What Alex mentioned that in Canada they do do that uh, in regional soccer uh, tournaments, where they break off and then play off like that mm-hmm. over a very short. So they play quarterfinal, semi-final, mm-hmm. all the space mm-hmm. of a week. I think actually that's a very sensible idea. It's a good compromise. And I possibly would say as a slight modification, just to satisfy people further, you could say, okay, look, we've got a we've got a bridge to gap between that, which I think is actually sensible because you're still adding a competitive element to the end of a season whilst containing the number of fixtures. Perhaps say there will be okay, Russian Premier League, we have another um eight match days, nine match days left. Maybe say another one super weekend uh, where you get another three fixtures in, knowing that the result of this is going to be a playoff system. So ease our way into a, a, a playoff system, relegation, promotion. I think that actually could work. Uh, James, um, at the moment in Holland, uh, you're, like, you know, I don't know what's happened because it, your neighbours, it was kind of one game to go to the end of the regular season when you would actually have a, a, a playoffs. And they've cancelled the season, left it as it stands. Um, what could be the solution in Holland? Well, to give you all an update, um, the, um, the technical director of the, of the Dutch FA, Karl Verbeer, Eric Schroeder, uh, spoke to the Dutch press yesterday, upon which he said that UEFA have, have, have made a plan and submitted a plan to all nations in terms of finishing their season. And the indication that he gave was they were looking at starting games in June and playing games up until the first week of August. And that's the window upon which they would play remaining fixtures. One very interesting caveat about this, when, when he was pushed on it by the Dutch press, was that contracts expire of players on the 30th of June. 
And he was asked by the press, by the Dutch press, what happens then? What happens for players who are, in the case of Hakim Ziyech, would be out of contract on the 30th of June, is, has, already signed for Chelsea, has already signed for Chelsea, what would happen then? And the answer came that it's, uh, it's something which would have to be arranged by the, um, by the club and the player and also at different parties. And um, I think they're pushing now and they're going to look at, um, at possibly starting the remainder of the Eredivisie season in June. And at the moment here in the Netherlands, we have nearly 15,000 cases of people testing, testing positive. And there's currently, um, currently uh, nearly um, 1,400 deaths. So um, there's new measures in place here in the Netherlands, again, up until the end of April, where the measures stay the same. But I think the Dutch, the Dutch FA and Eredivisie are angling to start the league again in June. There is football taking place. We're going to come on to some of it with uh, Andrew Flint in a moment. But first, we're going to go to uh, Double N because, Double N, can you give a preview for the Tajikistan Super Cup final, please? Sure, Raul. Thank you. So, um, as it states on the website, the official website of Istikbal, the Battle of Giants is all versus Giants. It's going to happen just in three days. So, um, the main like, manager of Istikbal is Vitaly Levchinka, right? So, whom we know from Krylia Savetov's time when he was in Russian Premier League. In this so, okay, hold on, hold on. <laughs> Everybody just like, figuring in the background. So <laughs> I know it's a tough. <laughs> okay, go, go ahead, Dominic. We're listening. All right. So um, different times, different giants. So yeah. So uh, previous time, Istiqlal and um, Hujan met. It was this month on 11th of May, Mar- <coughs> last month. I'm sorry. So Istiqlal won two two zero, but. They have a huge advantage. So, like, they were champions in this Super Cup for eight times already. And uh, they've met um, Hujan for three times. Each time they won them, like, at least scoring three three goals. So, this time, um, they're favorites, like, they're clear favorites. But, of course, uh, Hujan is going to uh, look forward to take a revenge from them just in three days. As we mentioned yesterday, it's going to happen on Saturday. Yeah. Um, at 3 p.m. Moscow time, 5 uh-huh. p.m. Uh, Tajikistan time. Yeah. So let's see who's going to get it. So Istigal, they're, they're the reigning champions in uh, Tajikistan, uh, as you mentioned. So they basically, they're, they're, they're going for a big time. Yep. They're based in the capital, uh, Dushanbe. What's it like in terms of like, uh, you, like you know better the uh, football out in, in Turkmenistan. What's the standard of football like in Central Asia, and what like what, what are the crowds like? Well, um, from uh, from what I know, like there are not stands or natural structure is not so strong. Like we not even see numbers. Like KMS, for example, when there are teams coming from other countries, yeah, there's especially in capital Ashgabat, for example, from uh-huh. in Turkmenistan. So. Yeah, like those kind of matches, the big ones, they draw attention from uh, people. No, it's interesting, of course, like uh, Istikol, they, they, I mean, they, they have, a, you know, I said, I mentioned Levchenko, the good coach. They've got some good players as well in the side, like uh, Viktor Shvezov, who I remember played down in Fakel Verona. She's also played in the, in the top flight as well with uh, Dinamo. So 
Andrew, uh, in, in terms of like the, the the standard of players and like Levchenko and so on, mm. um, is this a, is Central Asia a place where a lot of teams just uh, players and coaches kind of go to you know, just to sort of to build themselves up or just to kind of pick up a, a handy paycheck? Like, I mean, why why would they end up out there? There is a bit of an overhang of um, of players from Central Asian clubs. Tajikistan, for example have a player in their national team, Farhad Vasiev, who played for Tumen. And, I mean, you know how much I am wildly biased in favour of Tumen. And even I have to say, we're not quite the greatest side in the world. Farhad Vasiev struggled in Tumen's side in the third tier of Russian football. I mean, that gives you a picture. I mean, it's, it is rude, I'm sorry, but Tajikistan football really just is it's not quite the, the highest standard. But in the Russian league, there are the best players who do make a living. Uh, and it's about as positive as I can be, to be honest. Um, Igor Chedovchenko has Tajik um, heritage. Uh, no, he played for local for many years. But, um, you know, what can I say? It's, uh, it's a step up and it is where all Tajik players aim to go in the end, if they can, to the Russian league at some uh, at some level because the, the salaries are better and the, the exposure is better. You know, we've got to remember Russia is the sixth or seventh highest ranked uh, league in UEFA. So it's understandable why. But nevertheless, it is a national cup. Um, so I'll be looking forward to seeing seeing how it turns out and stuff. Before we go to, to, to thanks to Len for that, um, before we to speak, I just wanted to sort of preface something that uh, NFL owners, I found this out last week and went in, and we discussed this before many times that WWE um, wrestlers or athletes, their insurance policies are extremely bad. And we know that um, these guys are still competing and performing uh, in North America. And the NFL owners have their own wrestling competition. We'll come back to that in a moment. Um, Alex, in terms of um, basketball, what's happening now at the NBA? And also, can you tell us what's happening as well with the WWE? And is it still going on? Uh, so in the NBA right now, they're just trying to isolate all the players, see who has the virus, see who doesn't. There's been, you know, quite a bit of players like Kevin Durant, like all those guys, like they already have the virus. So right now they're trying to isolate them before they can do anything else. Right now, even the, this morning, I think the next owner reported to have the virus. So it's still very, very dangerous in the United States. Uh, with the WWE, the big problem is that, um, again, like WWE, like MMA, like all those boxing, like all those guys get paid when they show up. So if they can't show up, they sort of don't really get paid for all the training and all that sort of like all that other stuff that they do. So now everybody's trying to sort of train, train at home, stay fit. Like, that's why everybody's doing They can't go to the gyms. So, again, but they, even if they would go to the gyms, they wouldn't get paid. So, uh, right now, that's sort of like the salary is the big issue here because they don't know who's going to be paying what. what. What wrestling promotions are going on at the moment, as well as WWE? There's, are there other promotions as well going on? Look, I think that all the major promotions are going to stop uh, – operations just all together pretty soon because the WWE, they see that this isn't really going anywhere. Like they rent out entire arenas to have nobody there. It's like, I don't know if they're losing money, but it's obviously like soon it's going to be too dangerous to even have those wrestlers together because the situation is becoming worse and worse in the United States. Oh. So again, yeah. So honestly, I don't, I don't see them continuing what they're doing in the next month probably.
unless something happens, they develop like a vaccine, like, you know, something like that. But, <laughs> but until further notice, right? How, how bad is it in uh, Canada right now? Just, you're in Toronto, so how bad is the, what are the numbers like over there at the moment for coronavirus? The numbers aren't too high, but at the same time, our population is smaller than just the amount of people living in California alone. Right. So we're, we're only 35 million. California is like 40 million. Right. So right now we're just trying to isolate everybody. But at the same time, it is going to um, it is becoming more effective. Um, but we are but we have been isolated for for almost a month now, as you can tell. But yeah. <laughs> but listen, I, I'm actually going to take this to dive into sort of my little capital punishment because the cool. other battle of the giants has been athletes and their cabin fever sort of because the first one should hit home for many of you billy joe saunders british boxer yeah posted a video on he posted a tutorial on how to beat your wife pretty much what? Oh, as a professional boxer right oh, hold so on. he made a video right. billy joe saunders posted joe saunders. On how to beat your wife on his social media Exactly. Yeah. So <laughs> as ridiculous as this sounds, he made sort of like this whole tutorial on like how, how she's coming, like she's breathing that venomous air and you're trying to you know, stop her from doing that. And but, it, was well, a, Alex, it was a Alex. long video and it was very uncomfortable because it was a joke, but at the same time, it was just like, you shouldn't be joking about this. So he has apologized. He has pledged 25,000 pounds to the domestic abuse fund. He has been suspended by the British uh, Boxing uh, Board of Control, I believe. So right now, yeah, this, is, this might cost him some pretty big fights. And the second one is that John Jones has been arrested again for a DUI. Oh, so he, oh no. He fired a gunshot in a park while sitting in his car with a empty bottle of tequila. They tried to do a sobriety test on him, and he failed miserably, apparently. <laughs> so, yeah, there's so that. I, I think you've won capital punishment already, Alex. You've won it with Thank both you. of them. I work hard. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm with Alex on that. Um, <laughs> Andrew, okay. Which one, though? Which one? We'll round it up. What, what have you got for capital punishment for us today? Uh, well, Billy um, the, the, the Billy Joe Saunders, that video was going to be it. Honestly, I promise you, that really honestly was it. I couldn't believe I couldn't believe my eyes honestly when I I read it I thought this was a joke I had to check the date and I thought maybe it was an April Fool's and then you know his explanation of it's a joke it's like come on you can't you don't have the excuse of somebody misreporting it you posted the video to social media with the intention of people seeing it there is absolutely no way on earth anybody could spin that as a joke I mean, it's so brain dead. It, it honestly makes me think if he's if he's taken one too many hits to the head. But uh, I, I can't I can't do any better than that. So that for me has to be has to be the winner. James, um, you're listening to that and you're kind of in shock because you usually you avoid this part of our show when we start to like beat people up. Do you have a victim or, or, or someone to give some kind of punishment apart from Billy Joe Saunders? Okay, well, what I'll do is first and foremost, obviously, I haven't seen the video. I've only heard the stories from both accounts. And the first thing that comes to my head was, is it boredom? Is it boredom as someone at that level? How do they live their life? Are they not fulfilled and they're not happy that they'll be bored in the case of, um, bored in the case of posting videos like that? Um, in terms of capital punishment, I did have a think about it. I'm going to go right back in time to the uh, 1982 World Cup 
Oh. And you may know, you may know of um, Howard Schumacher, the German goalkeeper, who polacked Patrick Battiston, leaving Battiston with broken ribs, broken teeth, broken everything. And uh, and he said it was like he, he said he claimed that he went for the ball when he quite clearly didn't wasn't didn't even receive a yellow card from a Dutch referee actually. I was able to play on, and uh, Germany went on to reach the final. And um, it's just an, an absolutely terrible foul. One of the worst I've ever seen on a football pitch, even though it was before my time. But uh, for those that haven't seen it, it's a timely reminder of how not to conduct yourself on a football pitch. I think even though it's, a, it's an old school, I'm, I'm yeah. fully with you on that. I remember watching that in the, uh, the clubhouse of St. Bridget's in, 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 in Blanchetown. The week came in from training. And I walked, there was only eight, something like that, or nine. Walked in and saw it. I went, what? He didn't even get sent off. And everybody was in shock. All these going right. Like, who are tough men, who like GAA, but they were like, even that's too much for them. So, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm that's, that's, that's moving up for me. Okay. Uh, Double N, what have you got for us for Capital Punishment tonight? I, I, I wasn't prepared for this one this week, so... Uh, <laughs> Uh, somebody interesting so it's going to be these mobile operators which don't provide us with a good internet connection <laughs> at least to do this capital sports show <laughs> that's okay I'm, all, I'm okay with that I'm, I'm going to I'm going to do a sport <laughs> um, just a few hours after he posted up a, a post video on social media saying people be sensible stay home you know hashtag stay home uh, social distancing, blah, 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 blah. Ex-Irish Youth International, Jack Grealish, went out, driving his car, drunk, and crashed. So that was on the 30th of um, March. Uh, whatever else, I mean, Jack Grealish, he, he chose to play for England, fair play to him, you know. Um, but doing that was a bit too much. So I would do it that, but at the same time, I'm looking. John Jones, of course, did the same thing, but... I'm very much on, on Alex's side. And of course, Andrew Phillips, who I mentioned, Billy Joe Saunders, I saw that. I think it's more than just punches to the head. I think he needs a kick in the, well, I'd say ass, but I can't say ass. But anyway. Um, he, <laughs> <laughs> I haven't said it twice. <laughs> I haven't said it, so I'd give him a kick. So, uh, Alex B, you win. Yeah. You win tonight. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Listen, folks, um, before we go, uh, Alex, you're still focusing in at the moment. You're still in shot. Um, what, what advice would you give to people right now? How to sort of like stay sane? Because you've been locked up longer than the rest of us, almost as long as Peter P. <laughs> I would suggest uh, it's not really the best thing to do, but this is what I do. Just sort of try to lose track of time. It just blends in. It just Everything just becomes like one very long day. You know, like I eventually started dreaming of being my, in my own house and waking up and being in that same very own house. No. Right. Well, obviously, like out of, out of the good stuff, you know, try to try to get a walk in where you can. If, if that's still possible, you know, try to try to get some exercise because this is not good for the mind or the body. This is it's pretty. I don't know. You'll, you'll see very soon. You'll see very soon that I can guarantee you okay. and when it comes. Okay. When it comes, you better be ready. You okay. don't want to, You don't want what happened to John Jones or Billy Joel Saunders to happen to you. No. Just make sure to stay sane. Right. That is true. Double N. Um, apart from getting better Wi-Fi, what what advice do you have for people to try and keep their their, their sanity? Yeah, like um, you should like the statistics shows that more people are 
uh, spending more time on sleeping in Moscow at least. So um, I think uh, we should like take, how to say, take advantage of so many sources which are free nowadays, like taking tours in some museums or taking free courses. I don't know, there, there are plenty of uh, good things out there. So go research, find, just find yourself some good stuff to spend your time not just sleep. That's fair enough. James, you've been locked up for a while as well, a couple of weeks already. Uh, in yeah. what, what, what would you uh, advise people to do to pass the time? Well, I think exercise is important to go out and get at least uh, a little bit of exercise every day. Um, if you have time for your passions, some people often say they don't have a lot of time. Uh, in this case, we have time. In, I must say in my own experience with interviews with professional players and managers, I've been actually very busy. I've been actually very busy with telephone interviews with, with this week with the likes of uh, manager of Cork City, Neil Fenn, and, um, and Shelbourne manager Ian Morris. Uh, some of you may have read my uh, recent publication with former St. Petersburg player Michael Lum. So even in these difficult times, I'm, I'm managing to keep busy with the football interviews. and It's all about keep, um, keep producing quality, really. That's fair enough. That is fair enough. And yeah, actually, the, the recent one yeah, was very, very good. It will be tweeted out today by Double N, so good job. Thank you very much. Um, I thought really interesting is, um, especially his time at Senator uh, Petersburg, to speak very highly of Luciano Spalletti and also very highly of St. Petersburg as a city. And he said himself, you know, that he was, um, he was brought for like 15 million Danish kroner. And then, which he thought was a lot of money, and then he realizes that the likes of Hulk and Danny have also been been brought, and they're now his teammates. And he was saying that he he didn't realize that Senna St. Petersburg were as a big a club as what they actually were, and he lauded Luciano Spalletti for his um, for winning two um, two Russian titles in three seasons. Sometimes having a bit of a few fights with the um, with the players, but uh, being highly intelligent, and he really enjoyed his spell in Russia. What would you advise people to do to keep saying to, to keep their wits together? I mean, common consensus seems to be that the world is completely different. And I don't really see it that way. It's just simply moving online. I mean, you know, I speak to my parents every day. So I would strongly suggest keeping communication going. And it's not easy for everybody to simply work online. But, you know, keeping contact online. I'm playing word games to keep my brain ticking over. And actually, even if complete lockdown comes, I have a plan. I'm not known for my uh, constant activity and fitness regime, but my plan is to simply use the stairwell. Honestly, run up to the 10th floor and down again, three, four, five times, do a bit of, well, it, it'll be some sort of training. It's better than nothing, right? Yeah. So instead of pretending the world's completely changed, pretend it hasn't well i, I think it's it, it is kind of it's a nice way to to look at it i mean yesterday uh i think boredom got hold of some people in our student body where basically they the university is looking after and getting them three meals a day uh, i can take care of very well in fairness they're, they're all saying that but then somebody posted uh, a thing that then went viral very very quickly uh and i was getting calls from first thing in the morning and messages and panic students that now that uh, meals are reduced they only get one meal a day they're not allowed out to the shops and that's it and I'm getting calls from students and I'm going what so I'm trying to I'm, and then all of a sudden I just looked at the date it was the first of April and I was, it, was, it was the worst April fool's joke I have ever ever seen because seriously there were kids there who were going 
but we'll starve. We're only getting one meal a day. And of course, once that starts, it just it sets a ripple effect. It ended up that I had to be phoning. So it was best 20 to 25 students phoning them personally, as well as messaging under 20, 25 to say, calm everybody down, calm everybody down. This is a load of nonsense. But, you know, now in hindsight, it's very funny. But at the time, it was just... <laughs> I mean, any, any other date than the 1st of April, I'd say, honestly, that's the kind of thing I would say. Not that exact joke, but joking, keeping humour going, because we're still... I mean, it is, it is a crisis, but there's no point everybody... Giving up all, you know, all communication, all hope. I mean, it's not the end of the world as long as we keep our heads. It's true. That is true. Well, folks, as we come to the end of it, as uh, Club Bruges are crowned the champions of Belgium and uh, Wimbledon's called off, that we're, we were a great innovation from the NHL players to basically have a, a knockout tournament. We're looking forward to Saturday's Tajikistan Super Cup final. And uh, in the meantime, I'll say uh, uh, bye bye to Holland, to James Rowe. James, thank you for joining us. You're more than welcome. Uh, keep safe, everybody, and uh, stay healthy, and we'll speak again soon. And to Alex B. over in Ontario, Toronto. Alex, you stay safe, stay sane, and uh, stay healthy. Thank you. Stay safe, everybody. To Double N, the other end of Moscow. Double N, you take care, and I hope you get your Wi-Fi sorted out. Thank you, Alan. All stay right. safe and stay connected. <laughs> and to Andrew out in T-Man. Andrew, take care and we'll talk to you in the next couple of days. I will do with my Jägermeister. I'll be fine. Okay, folks, that's it for now. Uh, this is going to go up on our social media. So, uh, again, thanks everybody for that. And we will talk to you all very, very soon with the next Capital 2.0 and another more. Take care and look after each other.